and welcome to the Hope of Zion podcast, a podcast done by a teen and a young adult to give our perspectives on the Come Follow Me program that is set up by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This, of course, is for information for anyone who thinks that we're just really big Zion Williamson fans. This week, we are studying Acts 1 through 5. Yes. Well, this is going to be fun. Very fun. How are you, how are you feeling, Hadley? How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm tired, but good. I feel that. I still need to get this podcast up onto Apple Podcasts. I just keep forgetting, if I'm being honest. I have a lot going on. But I will do it. Either way, um, uh, we can talk about Acts if you want to. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't exactly go over what we wanted to cover at all, so. Um, but, what, okay, so let, let's just go with this. What, what, are you, what are your kind of first impressions from, from the reading this week? It's very interesting. I think it's kind of funny, like... My brain, when I read scriptures, just goes like, what would this be like today? Which I can give a couple examples as we go along, but like, I think it is interesting, like, just to see like, I think it's interesting that it's called acts, acts, actus, it's just a hard word. To like say all this the the letters um but like obviously because it's like the acts of the apostles right but i mean like i don't know i just like i, I also never like thought of it like that like that's why it's called acts i also forget that book the that book in the Bible exists, so. Sorry, I have water today. I was really thirsty. Uh, you're good. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I think I think it's really cool because it kind of shows what they did after they received the Holy Ghost and after they were fully converted to Christ. Yeah. I guess that's one way to look at it. Do you look at it another way? showing how the apostles are acting in the name of Christ, and I think 
direction that I haven't seen, that I I don't recall reading before. I'm sure I have at some point, but I thought that really kind of stood out to me this week that was really interesting, and that's in Acts chapter 4. Um, so, unless you want to go somewhere earlier in Acts, I kind of have something that I want to start with. So, in Acts chapter 3, to give some background context of what's going on in these chapters, in Acts chapter 3, you have... Um, you have Peter and John healing a lame man at the temple. And this guy was just looking, he was just kind of begging for money, and Peter and John were like, well, we can give you your legs if you want. And they, they're like, and he's like, what? <laughs> and then they, they heal his legs so that he can walk again, and it's this wonderful, miraculous experience, and there's tons of witnesses for it. Um, and the interesting kind of there's an interesting aftermath for this, and this is kind of what I found interesting. And that is um, Acts one, Acts chapter four, one through thirty-one. And what happens is, is Peter and John, and I'm sure James is there too. I don't really know. Um, I'm not 100 sure, but I know at least Peter and John are there. They get brought before Annas and Caiaphas, and these are like the two big dogs scribes and the Pharisees, right? And it's really interesting because it shows kind of their their process of thinking about what's going on with Peter and John and all these miracles because they're like like, first they're like, what's going on here? And they're like, well, and they brought the layman in and the layman's like, well, these guys healed me and I can walk again. They're just surrounded by all these witnesses who've seen the who's seen Peter and John heal this man. They, and this is a hundred percent certified miracle, basically, in the eyes of the entire public. And Annas and Caiaphas and the rest of the scribes are like kinda of don't know what to do because they're like, How how are you healed? How are you healed? And Peter and John are like, um, we healed them in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, or Jesus Christ of Nazareth is probably what they actually said and they're like whoa this Jesus guy coming up again we're in trouble so what do you do and it's so interesting because then they kind of have this conversation where you look into to what they're saying and they're like we can't like just like accuse them of falsifying this miracle <laughs> because so many people have seen it and we can't Obviously, they did a good thing, so we can't really tell them to stop either. Like they didn't do anything wrong. In fact, they did something heroic, even. But they brought up that Jesus guy, and they can't get over it. And so, what do they do? They go to Peter and John, and they say, um, "They're like, hey, so." Um, Thank you for healing this lame man who's just kind of hanging out of the temple all the time, begging for money. Um, please don't talk about Jesus again. Um, otherwise, we're going to have to like, arrest you and stuff. And Peter and John are like, mm, okay. And then they go down to the disciples and they talk about what happened. And the disciples pretty much decide, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're going to preach Jesus. Yeah, you're not in charge of us. Yeah, 
basically. And so it's so interesting, though, because you see, like, you reverse reverse this kind of this thought process of Arnas and Caiaphas, where they're like, they did something good here. They recognize that they've done a good thing, but they refuse to get involved with the faith in Christ matter of it. Yeah. And, like, go, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, well, I was just gonna say, like, I think it's funny because it's, it's slightly different here than it was, it is, than it is in other things where it's like, if you, like, look in the Book of Mormon and they're like, oh, I'm teaching in Christ's name and they're like, how dare you go against, like, how dare you call our people, like, sinners or whatever, right? But, like, this is different because they're like, oh, you know that dude you killed for no reason? Yeah, him. Um, but I just think it's funny. Uh, the other thing I think is funny is, in the next chapter, did you want to, were we going to get there? Should I not say this yet? No, go for it. Go okay. For it. In the next chapter, when they keep preaching about Jesus, and then they arrest them, and they're, like, brought before, like, all the, like, judges and stuff, the one, there's this one dude who's just like, I, I wouldn't actually, like, uh, we don't know if it's actually them teaching in the Lord's name or not, but if it is, then we're all screwed. So we should probably just like let it let it be. Yeah, I think I I, I really think just that the Pharisees and scribes didn't anticipate um, like Christ and what he did and his teachings to just come back up like that. Because, like, uh, with, with the Pentecost, where they all receive the Holy Ghost, there's, like, thousands of them there. And this moment where they heal the lame man and they preach them just converted thousands more. And they're like, oh, shoot. We didn't think this could happen. Yeah. And so it's so interesting because, and, and I want to kind of compare this to uh, an event that happened during Christ's life. And I don't have the scripture reference before, right, before me right now in front of me but there's a really similar story that's just as fascinating because Jesus meets this blind man and he tells him and there's this really good like it's a long chapter for just one miracle but Jesus tells this blind man hey go into these this pool wash your eyes out you'll be able to see and so as you would imagine that's what he does and then he can see again and then the Pharisees get, would catch wind that this guy who everybody knew was blind could see again. And they're like, and they pull up, they like arrest him. They arrest the guy that was healed and they're like, why can you see now? <laughs> <laughs> or they like bring him before them, like, um, and he's like, he's like, this guy just told me to do this and I did it and now I can see again. And so then they bring in Jesus and they're like, like how dare you and then they try and this and then this guy who gets healed basically just goes on trial where they're like denounce the name of jesus like but i think that that's the guy who healed me and if he healed me i can't deny him you know well i i he's like pretty much saying like i must put his faith in him and they even bring his parents to the trial his parents who they don't know where they're like look your son can see again and they're like 
This reminds me of in a modern day sense. This reminds me of, obviously it's not the same thing exactly, but like, we're like, it's, it's like the same kind of vibe, um, which is basically like, um, I'm gonna sound like so, okay, sorry. When, okay, I, like, need to, like, figure out my, my, my functioning, um, Mr. Beast heals a hundred blind people. That was what the title of his video was called. Technically, he didn't heal a hundred blind people, he just gave people access to, he gave a hundred people, or maybe it was, like, a thousand, I don't remember. I think it was a thousand, because that's more impressive. He gave a thousand people access to the surgery that either made their, like, uh, like them barely able to see or made them blind. So they weren't, like, blind from birth, a lot of them, but, like, they couldn't see. And so what- Their eyesight was so bad. Yeah. And they just didn't have access to or money for this, like, surgery that's, like, really quick and easy and, like, completely fixes the problem. Like, it's a- and- but, and he made it a video, and after that video, I mean, all his videos get a lot of hate, but, like, that one got a lot more for some reason, because all these people were like, well, they weren't actually blind, so you're misleading people into thinking this, and, like, they were like, like, how dare you do this thing, and this thing, and this thing, and this thing, and, like, it's, like, in the end, like, like, I was looking at all that, and I was like, guys, you, you forgot the point of the video somewhere in there you were so focused on like the fact that oh maybe it's misleading or maybe it's this or this or this or i have to make this comment about it that like you have to acknowledge too that like this was a really good thing for him to do <laughs> so th that's kind of like again obviously it's not the same obviously it's um obviously it's like in a more modern day sense and not miracles but it's kindness and it's like genuinely trying to help people and people are being mad about it and so that was just what i thought of like if it's helpful to put it in like a modern day context way to see it or it's like yeah sure so that was my thought yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. That's a good thing to bring up. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I feel like there's a couple things that kind of pull out with this whole story and kind of relate it back to the gospel things. Um, from the side of the, um, side of the Pharisees and scribes, like, a lot of times we might be upset that, like, 
with some of the teachings of the gospel for one reason or another. But I think anyone who has really kind of had experience and tried to really earnestly find, like, have, make experiences with, with the teachings of the gospel will find that, yeah, it actually does a lot of good for people. And so we shouldn't condemn those things. Like, first off, I think that if you find a principle that is good and makes your life better and makes you happier, like faith unto repentance, you should embrace it. But, like, also, if you have found good in the teachings, like, Bless. excuse me, um, thanks, um, but, like, also, like, even if you don't agree with it, or if you don't agree, like, even, like, for, for, for people who are not members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, like, if you don't agree with it, just don't hate on it. But also for members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which much more fits the kind of the audience that we're speaking to here, if you see someone who's doing a good thing, don't try to tear them down just because they don't have the same faith as you, because there is good in every faith that you can pull out of it. Um, you kind of segued into what I wanted to talk about, but then you kind of unsegued, but we'll, we'll go with the segue part. Um, okay. Is it okay if we move to the next thing, or did you have more you wanted to talk about? Um, just real quick, a second, a second way that we, we can kind of learn from, from this story, I think, from the guy who was healed is to embrace healing with joy and to move forward with faith. Um, and good job, apostles, for not rejecting Jesus. Yeah. No, what I like about that story, too, is, like, he gets healed, he immediately walks into the temple and goes, thank you. Like. Yeah, could you imagine? You're, like, at the bottom of the steps, and all you want to do all your life is climb those steps. And then you get to. It's amazing. Um, but anyways, what, what, what did you want to talk about? Well, okay, because you were talking about, like, having experiences doing things. So I wanted to talk about uh-huh. I wanted to talk about Acts 1, which is a chapter where basically for quick summary, they're basically like in this meeting with all the disciples, there's like a hundred something of them, right? I think so. There's like a hundred something of them and they're like talking to them and they're like, hey, um Judas isn't here. He he kind of did some stuff. We need a new apostle. Is basically what happens. And then they choose two people to choose between, which I could uh, uh never mind. Okay. Um and then they choose two people to get in be- to like choose between who are like, "Oh, I'll do it." And then they pray about it and then they choose Matthias, or Matthias, or however you pronounce it. Matthias. In a book series I read, it's pronounced Matthias, but I thought it was pronounced Matthias, but maybe it's pronounced Matthias. Whatever. I read it as Matthias, but that's more Whatever it is, he gets chosen. Um, what I wanted to talk about was 
verse 24 that says, And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen. And the reason I want to talk about that verse is the footnote on prayed. When I was reading this scripture, it's really complicated to get into, like, why I really liked this chapter. But, like, this chapter stuck out to me a lot. Maybe it was because it was the first chapter I read of the day, and so I was more focused on it. But there were, there were other reasons as well. Like I said, that'd be, like, a hour-long thing. But, um, if you look at the footnote for They Prayed, it takes you to Doctrine and Covenants, chapter 9, verses 7 through 9. Which is, um, the part where they're talking about prayer. And it says, Behold, you have not understood. You have supposed that I would give it unto you when you took no thought save was to ask me. But behold, I say unto you that you must study it out in your mind, then you must ask me if it is right, and if it is right, I will cause that your bosom shall burn within you, therefore you shall feel that it is right. But if it is not right, you should... That if it is not right, you shall have no such feelings, but you shall have a stupor of thought that shall cause you to forget the thing which is wrong. Therefore, you cannot write that which is sacred, save it be given, save it be given you from me. Which, this is like a famous, like, I feel like this um, set of verses is talked about a lot. Or at least. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, the thing is like, I don't know, I was reading this and... I was looking at all the footnotes because uh, I was curious, and sometimes I just do that when I'm, like, reading, and I'm like, what if I just look at this footnote? So it's a it's a thing I do while I'm reading the scriptures. Um, but I read this, and it made me think about that a lot, because I was like, I know, I feel like I hear a lot of people talk about, like, um, faith is an action word and all this stuff, right? But I, and I feel like I hear a lot of people talk about, like, if it's the thing you should be doing, you'll feel like a burning in your bosom or whatever. But I don't feel like I, I hear a lot of people talk about, don't just be like, um, help me to know this thing, like, try different things. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, there's multiple ways to receive revelation. Is that what you're saying? No. Kind of? Or are you saying that we should study out in our mind before we go seek revelation? Yes. Okay. I, 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 I think maybe I've heard that more than you have, personally. Like... Um, there's, there's, because there, there's a common phrase in the church that's, uh, um, it's a quote from President Nelson, actually, um, from his Revelation for the Church Revelation for Our Lives talk, where he says Revelation is based on good information. Mm-hmm. And so, like, um, and so, like, at least in the callings that I've served in, and, um, and, and yeah, the different capacities that I've served in, I feel like that's been kind of Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I just liked it. I, I think it, I think I think it's an excellent scripture, and one of the really cool things is like 
these guys probably did have a lot of really good information on both these guys because it says that these were both people that walked with Jesus every day too. They just weren't called from the twelve. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And so I, I, I think that. So yeah, no, I think I think it's really cool. And I think it's cool to kind of see like spiritual appointments in the original church were also given by revelation. They weren't just like who's the most powerful of these persons. something else but it's kind of like really random and irrelevant and we probably wouldn't be talking for it to about it that long so we don't need to bring it up okay yeah i mean if i if i were to say one thing i would just say um say don't forget the first principles and ordinances of the gospel um, that's what i would say I yeah. think that there is a lot of, I think that there's, we, t- we talked about in the end of chapter two about the basic principles and ordinances of the gospel, and we can never talk about them enough, and I think when we give those principles and ordinances more individual focus than some of the other principles, they help us live and understand the other principles better. Yeah, I agree. Um, whether that just be like understanding baptism as a covenant, whether that's understanding that we are to receive the Holy Ghost and receive revelation like you were talking about earlier, or even just faith or repentance as basic principles. I think each, like, the gospel is so simple as in it is those kind of four things, five things if you include it to the end. And I do think it can kind of help simplify other gospel questions that we well, I think that that was a pretty good little jump through the Acts of the Apostles. Yeah. Thank you all so much for watching. Email us about your thoughts and impressions about Acts 1 through 5. We'd love to hear them. We'd love to learn from from our listeners. If you are listening to this, here's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um. Yeah, email us if... In your email, you'd like us to share it on the podcast. Please let us know if you would very much not like us to share it on the podcast. You can also do that. Uh, you can also tell us that. Um, but the email is in the description. No matter where you're watching, it should be. Or watching or listening, it should be in the description. Um, and yeah, like he said, thank you so much for making it this far. And I hope you have a good week that is filled with revelation in the spirit. Bye.